reading comes from the book of Luke, and we'll be reading uh, from chapter 1. And um, it'll be in chapter, uh, page 723 in your pew Bibles, if you'd like to follow along. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the, Holy One to be, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is God's word. So happy to be here, uh, worshiping with you. And uh, usually on Sundays, I'm in, on the first floor working with the children. But I'm so happy today. I got to come up here, worship with the English congregation. Today is the first day of Advent. And uh, we will also be preaching through the beginning of uh, Luke. And today is Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38, and uh, Gerald already uh, read the scripture for us, and the title of the sermon is, uh, How Will This Be? I kind of debated about, you know, what, uh, what title I should give it, uh, how would it be, is so, so, so old, so ancient, and perhaps a better title is, are you kidding? There was a young lady, engineer, who went for an interview. This is a, uh, a story I read uh, several years ago in a Reader's Digest. And during the interview, the HR personnel asked her, um, what kind of salary are you expecting? And she learned to always ask. If you don't ask, you don't get it. And so she said, Ma'am, 
I'm thinking about 125k. A lot of money. But she didn't stop at that. I was thinking of 125k depending on the benefit package. Meaning that the, if the benefit package is not so good, then I'm expecting a little bit more. But she was surprised by the HR director. She said, how about five weeks of vacations right off the bat? 14 pay holidays, full medical and dental benefits. And the company will match 100% of your retirement 401k account. To top that, you're going to have a Porsche for your company car. How many of you would like to have a job like that? Wow, many hands are raised. She was surprised. And she almost yelled out and said, Wow, are you kidding? And the personal director said, You started it. How will that this be? Are you kidding? This passage can be divided into three paragraphs, if you will. The first one describes the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. And then, from verse 30 to 33, we talk about Gabriel foretelling Jesus' birth. And finally, describes Mary being astounded, and then she acceded it. So in this passage, you start out saying that in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. It's a very small town. Not too many people heard about it. And it described Mary's humble beginning or Jesus' humble beginning, if you will. And the angel appeared to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Simple enough. A story that we are very familiar with. In these two verses, Luke emphasized that Mary was a virgin. Somebody who has not been married. She was pledged to marriage. And at that time, it is kind of equivalent to getting engaged, except that engagement is binding. Engagement lasts for about a year. But at the beginning of the engagement, you belong to your husband or future husband, if you will. Any kind of extramarital affair outside of this engagement will be considered adultery. So much more serious than what we would call engagement today. And it usually is, again, one year, and then they would uh, get married. So Mary, at the time, was a virgin. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly lucky. The mega millions is yours. Mary was greatly thrilled at, this, at his word and wondered how much money this might be. 
Oh, sorry. A, a, a wrong scripture. Wrong version. There was a modern version. This is what the NIV says. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Uh, Mary probably wasn't that thrilled. She would rather had the uh, Mega Million, perhaps. And she wasn't sure what the angel was saying. What does favor mean? What does the Lord is with me? What does it mean? So she was greatly troubled and wondered what kind of greeting this is. The second paragraph described Gabriel's response. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to, be, to call him Jesus. Now, this is the big surprise. Much bigger than winning Mega Million. She is not married, and she is going to conceive. And she will give birth nine months later to a son and then call him Jesus, meaning that God is salvation. Now, I don't know if you were married. Now, at that time, according to the Jewish culture, Mary was probably a teenager. I look at some of our junior high and maybe some senior high students, that's your age. 13 perhaps, probably no older than 16. If somebody appeared to you and say that you will conceive and give birth to a son, what will your reaction be? No way, Jose, right? Impossible. The angel didn't stop there. He said he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Not only the angel foretells that Mary is going to have a son, but also the son is going to achieve greatly. He goes to Harvard get a PhD, continue to win Nobel Prize. In fact, the Nobel Prize will last forever. I don't know if you were married, you'll be happy. I know a lot of mothers would like their sons and daughters to be high achievers. But this is beyond, really, what Mary would anticipate. So Mary said, how will this be? Are you kidding? Mary asked the angel, now emphasizing again, that I am a virgin. No way for me to have a son or any child. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has said to be unable to conceive 
in her six months. It's in her six months. For no word from God will ever fail. Meaning that the angel said, it surely would come, and I'm no kidding. Verse 38, after the angel's reply, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left him. We just read the passage again, and hopefully you get a better idea of what this passage is talking about. And for us modern men, modern people, it sounds very foreign, impossible. Are you kidding? Really, if anyone would tell you a woman saying that, hey, I'm pregnant, the angel appeared to me, and I'm going to give birth to a son. I think you have a certain impression of her. Like me, you would think that she is lying. Like me, you would probably think that she has been sleeping around. And she is just making some kind of excuse. Impossible. Why? Because you don't have a child until you sleep with a man. As simple as that. In modern technology, perhaps, you can go to a lab, go, go to a hospital to have artificial insemination, perhaps. But you have to have that sperm in your body in order to have a child. We have been trained through school to think rationally and oftentimes to think naturally or naturalistically. Are there angels? I don't think so, you would say. At least angels will not appear today. Will virgin birth? Impossible. So this is one of modern people's training that this passage really doesn't make a lot of sense. Now I'm trained as an engineer. I love physics. I love chemistry. And I would encourage many of you, if God so give you the inclination to study science, by all means be the best Scientist, And to be a good scientist, you have to learn to think rationally, logically. However, as a Christian, we need to think and go beyond that. The scientific thinking has to be limited to a naturalistic system. It has to be exclusive because if there's any outside interference, science as we call it today is not impossible. What we find out to be true physically on this earth in America will has to be true in China or according to Newton, anywhere in the universe. If it is not the case, those scientific laws, those physical laws are meaningless. 
In fact, some scientists are now thinking, could it be somewhere in the universe that the Newton law or the Einstein modification of Newton's laws may not hold? But until then, scientists will have to be within the naturalistic system. But for us as Christians, we need to think beyond. The fundamental question is, is there any supernatural being? Science cannot give an answer. In fact, for a long time, physicists have been thinking that the world is perpetual or stationary. The universe is what it is today as it was millions of years ago. Until later on through the Hubble telescope, they found out that the universe has been expanding. If the universe is expanding, that means the universe has a limit. If the universe is expanding, it means the universe has a starting point. And the starting point now we call the Big Bang. So what is the world like before the Big Bang? Physicists tell us that we don't know. It's called a singularity. Before the Big Bang, there is no such thing as time, because time and space did not exist. And if you ask, what is time before the Big Bang? They said you asked the wrong question. But if you ask further, the Big Bang started with something very small and then expanded, exploded. Where does that little thing, the highly concentrated mass, come from? Physicists have no answer. Are they perpetual? Did the universe expand at one time, collapse at one time, and now it's just expanding again? We don't know. Christians, we believe that there is a supernatural being, God. And occasionally, God will have supernatural intervention in our world. He doesn't do it very often. But occasionally, he will do it. And 2,000 years ago, there was one such instance. So virgin birth doesn't make sense to the modern mind, but if we can accept there is a supernatural being, and that supernatural being has keen interest in us, and indeed he wants to deliver the world to himself. The second thing this passage doesn't make sense to modern people is Mary's reply. Verse 38, Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary is taking quite a risk to answer like that because she is already engaged. What if Joseph discovered that? 
Joseph may not easily let her go, and Joseph may accuse her of adultery, and perhaps would abandon her. In fact, if we look at Matthew chapter one, that's what the Bible said. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but later on she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And then verse 19 at the end, Joseph had in mind to divorce her and to divorce her quietly. You haven't got married yet; you got divorced. I, I can't think of anyone want to be in that situation. But Mary said that I am the Lord's servant. May it be according to what you said. She is taking. A big risk. She is yet taking an, another risk. According to Deuteronomy chapter twenty-two, if a man happens to meet in a town a virgin pledged to be married, and he sleeps with her, you shall take both of them to the gates of that town and stone them to death. Not only Mary risked being divorced by Joseph, she risked. Being stoned to death. The second thing that modern people will have difficulty accepting it is we are trained to be have self-interest, which slowly led to capitalism. Two hundred years ago, a man, a Scot by the name of Adam Smith. He wrote a book called *Invisible Hand*, and on the right-hand side of the screen, there's a picture of that kind of drawing. He's an economist. He basically is saying that the world will be a better world, and everyone will be wealthier, better, if we pursue our own interest. Never mind about your neighbor. Just focus on yourself. When you do well, others will do well as well. From Adam Smith's theory of the invisible hand will guide all the people who seek after self-interest to make this world a wealthier place and a better place. And Adam Smith was right. In his theory, he said. While you just look for your own best interests, if you are a businessman, you find out what items people like, and you have a business there. It's all supply and demand. For our junior high students, if you haven't been exposed to supply and demand, you will in high school if you take any kind of economics. If there are more people who are, who want a certain items, the quantity needed shifts from Q1 to Q2. If there's similar number of suppliers, they will tend to produce more to meet that demand to Q2. But at the same time, the price of that item will go up to P2. They make more money. Now, if you happen to be a businessman, 
producing some other items. You see that this particular item now is selling like hot potato or hot cake. Then you might abandon your business and join this new business. You make more money there. Supply and demand market economy. Self-interest. You will be better. The world will be a better place. Is the world a better place today? If you look at the news, China has been the biggest economic power and continue to grow. Second largest economy in the world. But now on the news is always China's massive pollution problem. People have to wear masks and you can see beyond quarter of a mile because the pollution is so bad. Why did China have such massive pollution problem? Because people were encouraged to seek their self-interest. More factories were built, more monies were made, but at the expense of the atmosphere, all the pollution. So nothing is free. It will come back to haunt you. This is another recent news item. Investigator releases report on Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. It seemed to be so long ago. It was a year ago, December. The final report was just released. And they find out the shooter, he might have some mental problem. He was pursuing his own interests in his little world. His mother did not stop him. In fact, unfortunately, the mother in some way kind of encouraged him, would help him to pursue or purchase guns so that his, her son can pursue his own interest. And one day he went to his elementary school, open fired, 20 children were killed, six adults. He killed his mother and he killed himself. Why did he do that? We have no answer. But one thing we know, he was interested in guns he already, in his computer, has a lot of information about mass killing. He just wants to pursue his own interest. Another news item recently. Pope Francis declares consumers and capitalists need to help the poor. And this is a soundbite from Pope Francis. How can it be that it is not a news item when an elderly homeless person dies of exposure, but it is news 
when the stock market loses two points. How true it is. We take it for granted. We won't be surprised if somebody died because they live on the street, cold, without food. Because it happened everywhere so often. But if the stock market is down by two points, it hits our pocket. Is money more important than life? That's what Pope Francis was reminding people. This image is a very low resolution. I can't. I don't know if you can tell whether this person is uh, the ethnicity of this person. Can you tell? Asian. Okay. His name is called Chinese Gordon. How many of you have heard of him? Nobody. His real name is called Charles George Gordon. He lived during the 1800s. But from his clothing, you recognize that he looks like a Chinese. He was in China during the Qing dynasty. He was an Englishman, but during the Qing dynasty, there was a Taiping uh, 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 revolution, a rebellion. The Qing emperor and empress later on needed help and in fact sought help from Britain. And Britain sent Charles George Gordon to be the general to lead the Chinese army to fight against the Taiping Rebellion. His General Charles George Gordon, he helped the Qing Dynasty get rid of those rebels and restore order when he returned to Britain the country like to honor him, give him a lot of money, and give him a big promotion. But Charles Gordon said, I do not want any of those. After much persuasion, the British government gave him a medal, a gold medal with all his accomplishments Engraved on that medal. After he died, they were looking over his household, his home, to find this gold medal, but they couldn't find any. They found in his private diary with these words, The only thing I had in this world that I value I have now given to the Lord Jesus. They checked the date. That was during a big famine in Manchester, England. So he actually sent his valuable medal to the government in Manchester so that the medal can be melted down into gold, be sold, 
and the money to purchase food for the poor people. The only thing I had in this world that I value, I have now given to the Lord Jesus. How will this be, Mary asked? I'm a virgin. After the angel replied, I'm the Lord's servant. Mary answered, May your word to me be fulfilled. She's not pursuing her self-interest. She's not hoping to become a rich person. She just wants to be obedient. Much like Chinese Gordon later on. So as we close, we look back. Mary was surprised, but she was also obedient. The message was that you will conceive and give birth and call him Jesus. He will be called Son of the Most High. It is fulfilling the prophet Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. In fact, this morning, during the lighting of the candle, Advent candle, Cindy also read from this passage. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This prophecy was made... 700 years ago before Jesus Christ, the first half was totally fulfilled through Mary. But the second half, talk about Jesus' identity. This is who he is. But I say the message is not just for the one who bear the Son. The message is for the whole world. In order for the world to hear the message, to know the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, God needs you and me. So what is our response? What should our response be? How will this be, verse 34? Are you kidding? In order to accomplish that, it needs two parties. The first one, for no word from God will ever fail, verse 36. As impossible as it is, God will see to it that it will happen. But at the same time, God is looking for partners to bring his message of peace to the world. Shall we all read verse 38 at the bottom together? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. May we become God's instruments to bring peace and salvation to the world. This is the message of Christmas. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Christmas season. We remember C.S. Lewis wrote a series of children stories, the Chronicle of Narnia, and Narnia was described as a place where it is always winter, but Christmas never comes. Through the obedience of the four children, Christmas came to Narnia. Father, we see this world as a cold, wintry place. This world needs love, warmth, care, hope, and they can only find it from you. And Father, we pray that just like Mary, we would say to you, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled and we become instruments of your blessing. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.